He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a crispy, beautiful, the sun is out morning. Grateful for all of the uh, uh, easy moisture we've been getting. I can't call it rain, but we've had a couple of weeks of just moistness, and uh, we've got to be grateful for that. And uh, so nice, crispy, clear morning this morning, and... Um, Hope you're uh, planning on having an awesome, awesome day and uh, be out and being representative for your Lord and Savior, whose birth we are celebrating this month. And um, we should, and many people do, celebrate the birth, death, life, birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus on a daily basis. And uh, that is, uh, that's kind of what we're all aiming for. Um, the uh, calendar at this time of the year, you know, we start our program out every day with the calendar and uh, getting you plugged into what's happening, things around. Um, and uh, in this time of the year, the calendar starts to get empty. Um, I have a couple of more things on the calendar uh, this Thursday. That would be tomorrow night. And I just heard from uh, Steve Lehman, and we're going to uh, have him on uh, the radio uh, tomorrow, and uh, so that is uh, tomorrow night at Buzzy's at 6 o'clock is going to be the um, Preppers meeting, the Hill Country Preppers, and uh, they're going to have a potluck, so you bring a dish and share it. Boy, I went to a potluck last night. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The hostess, the hostess, a brilliant, just I'm telling you, smart woman, she had a whole bunch of little to-go uh, boxes. So when everybody got ready to uh, leave as the evening was wrapping up, it was now I don't need two refrigerators full of leftovers. Y'all please take some home. So I think I got a, a container of tamales. I'm not sure whatever my wife got, but uh, love them potlucks. Yeah, and bring a to go box so you can take something home. The uh, hostess, uh, they're just that green bean casserole is really great on uh, Tuesday night, but by Thursday it just ain't that good. So, um, speaking of uh, another semi potluck, um, they're calling it a bring a dessert or snack, and that will be the last meeting of the Kerr County Patriots. Um, they're going to be meeting on December the nineteenth, which uh, is a Monday. And uh, they are going to be meeting at 6 o'clock at the Dietert Center. And, uh, yeah, bring a snack or a dessert. And uh, that will be the last meeting of the year for the Kerr County Patriots. Be back together in January, as we all will be back together in January. So, looking on out further on your calendar, and it ain't that far out. But January 10th is going to be opening day of the... Of the um, of the uh, 88th legislative session, uh, Texas legislative session, the 88th. 
and uh, it uh, starts on January 10th, and uh, it's usually a major, great, big, good time. Um, I two uh, not the 87th, but the 86th session, the 85th session. There was tons of food out there, and the governor uh, supplied barbecue, and there was ice cream. Last session there wasn't. I have uh, I have an email going out this afternoon that uh, says that there's going to be uh, food there. I have not confirmed that, so I may change that email. But uh, I don't see why they wouldn't go back to uh, pre-COVID um, uh, operations uh, at the Capitol on Inauguration Day. Make that a plan to go to the Capitol on January 10th. You'll enjoy it. And we are going to stand in unison as a Republican party, and we are going to be wearing shirts that say, No Democrat Chairs. No Democrat chairs. Very simple red shirt. Um, you can order yours or get yours now. I know the Gillespie County Republican Club has uh, ordered them, and they will be giving them out. Uh, they will be selling them at their meeting. They have a website. You can go check them out. Um, the uh, Kerr County uh, Republicans, I'm not too sure if they're engaged in uh, this at all. Um, but uh, this the, the the shirt thing is not coming from the uh, you know some from some nutty patriot group or some you know disruptive uh, Tea Party group. Uh, it's actually coming from the RPT. The check is for these T-shirts is coming from the Republican Party of Texas. If you're a Republican, get on board with this. If you're local. Republican club or or executive committee or women's group or youth group whatever if if y'all are not aware if you don't know about the plans of the Republican party on January 10th at the Capitol including the t-shirts and standing in solidarity against uh, uh against democrat chairs on committees then I don't know if they're if they're not plugged into that. Uh, you maybe need to find out why they're not plugged in. Are they not in communication with their SREC m member uh, representative? And if they're not, you might want to ask them. Then really, what are you doing? <laughs> because um, that's kind of part of what we're uh, working on here. We're all working together towards the same goal. If you're a member of the Republican Party, if you vote Republican, if you wear that red jersey uh, constantly and you vote for ours all the way down the ticket and you're a member of the executive committee and the club and all of those things, if you're not plugged into what the party is doing statewide, if you're not plugged in with your SREC, if you don't know what's going on statewide, then I'm really not sure what you're up to. So, um Find out from your local Republican organization about the T-shirts and about the plans for January 10th at the Capitol. So um, many of us will be going back on the 12th, and I'll have a little bit more to say about that as we keep moving forward. Um, here's a, a little bit of a Ben Franklin before we go. I did some Ben Franklin studying last night. I'm looking forward to bringing some uh, New material I wasn't familiar with uh, this Friday. So here's uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, 1736. I'm going um, to leave this one up to you to try to interpret it. I think I know what it means. I've never used this one, 
before. And uh, here's uh, Ben Franklin. None preaches better than the ant. And she says nothing. No one preaches better than the ant, and that's A-N-T. And she says nothing. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that one. We'll let uh, someone else uh, maybe interpret that one. So uh, take it as it is. Uh, Folks, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back, hopefully with Jonathan Hopefully with Jonathan Science. Y'all stay tuned. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. The Hill Country Patriot. Back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I uh, keep looking over at the phone to see if um, Jonathan, to see if Jonathan Science is going to be calling in. I hope he didn't get confused. I sent him a note saying that we needed to be out by nine twenty-eight. I'm beginning to think he might have just glanced at that text message because he usually has called in by to now by now um what we were going to talk about and uh it is uh, that he's got merry christmas texas website that is up that goes over and we spent quite a bit of time talking about this uh last night uh um, last night last week um we spent quite a bit of time talking about this last week about the rights you have as christians and the rights you have as as teachers and people of faith, the rights that you have as human being about celebrating Christmas and some of the rights we have uh, put into a law um, about uh, what you can say or do in the classroom, etc. He's got all of that up on, uh, they call it the Merry Christmas Project, and uh, it's uh, the uh, Merry Christmas Texas. I, I'm not sure if it's a .com or a .org. I was counting on Mr. Science to be able to fill us in at that. So that is um, the other thing we were going to talk about is his podcasts. And he has quite a few amazing uh, podcasts. Uh, he uh, Every one of his podcasts are interviews. It seems like he does about one a week, maybe a little bit more. And I was looking at those uh, uh, yesterday, and uh, some amazing people. He's got some tremendous contacts in the state of Texas. And so if you go over to texasvalues.org and take a look at uh, uh, at their podcast, you can see the list of guests that Jonathan has on his show. Um, and uh, the other thing we were going to talk about was what's happening in Taylor, Texas. And uh, before we get into that, I want to quickly tell you that uh, something's been going on in San Antonio. George Rodriguez has been reporting on it. I heard it late last night. Um, did not uh, either. Yeah, was it late last night or early this morning? I have not been able to dig up or find any of uh, this stuff. But if you follow George Rodriguez on Facebook, I can't get on Facebook. That would be real easy. I'd get on there right now and find it. Um, but apparently George was reporting on some things happening down around the uh, 
illegal alien uh, uh, processing center in San Antonio. And uh, we've shown his videos before at Tea Party meetings of his uh, coverage of what is going on actually in San Antonio where the uh, illegal aliens are dropped off and uh, they camp out there and it is uh, apparently last night uh, there were some shenanigans going on there. I got a text, a couple of texts this morning that said riots and someone else said, well, we were in San Antonio last night and we didn't see any riots. Well, you would have had to have been down in that uh, area around where that uh, uh, illegal alien intake um, uh, center is. Uh, don't even know the address. I know there's a park around there that has turned into pretty much an illegal alien homeless uh, campsite. So anyway, find, if you can find anything on that for George Rodriguez, maybe Victor Avila, that's who we have coming on at the bottom of the hour is Victor Avila. Um, and so Avila, Avila, why is it I'm having a uh, Avila? I'm having a hard time with uh, that pronunciation this morning. You know what it is? I left my coffee at home this morning. That doesn't happen very often. All right, let's get back to what's happening in the city of Taylor because that is what uh, Jonathan Sines wanted to talk about. So every year the city of Taylor has a Christmas parade. Hmm. How about that? As does every um, as does every uh, pretty much every small town I think in. Texas, if you uh, have a population, if your town has a population of over 50, I think that there's uh, some kind of uh, law that says you have to have a Christmas parade, which is fun. If you like parades, man, we were at the Lit Up Parade uh, uh, the, the in the Hummer uh, uh, last week uh, with the Fredericksburg Tea Party. That was a blast. Uh, parades are fun. I think that Fredericksburg Parade was bigger than it's ever been. Um, well over 300 floats um, in that parade. Well, Taylor has the Taylor, Texas. Now, not Tyler. Taylor is uh, just east or uh, sort of northeast of uh, Austin uh, on the other side of 35. And uh, they have had a, a, um, a Christmas parade of lights for decades. And uh, it was always... Um, the kind of organized by the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance. It's a local association of churches, and they have been organizing the parade in the uh, past few years. And so last year there was a um, – last year there was uh, – they had a couple of uh, – cross-dressing men some people like to call them you know all kinds of other names but what they were is adult men uh wearing women's clothing and uh somehow we're supposed to treat them uh you know whatever with uh with i don't know respect or acceptance or something um but they're very sick if you're a grown male adult um you you, you don't need to be uh, dressing up in women's clothing, putting on fake boobs, any of that kind of stuff. You know, I need to learn to turn my phone off when I am on the air. Uh, so, and that's someone who ought to know I'm on the air. So, um, anyway, so here were the parade and Taylor. Last year they had it. So this year the um, Ministerial Alliance said, you know what, we, we, we want to put down a little bit um, of, of, of 
of rules, of just some guidance. And what they said was that the they wanted to have it, you know, with a theme of uh, a theme of um, of of cr- having a, a Christian a Christmas theme. All right, that's kind of what they had, and it was the Christian it was the churches putting it together, and. Um, so they said this year they wanted a Christmas Christmas theme. So the uh, applications for the um, sick, for the uh, psychologically damaged and six uh, sick adult men who wanted to uh, cross dress and and with very little clothing um, in front of children. Um, in fact, uh, right, and they were right. Uh, they were right across from St. Mary's Catholic School float, full of children. They said, "Now nah, you can't do that." Well, the city of Taylor got really upset. You know, they said, "Well, that's just not inclusive." And so, the city of Taylor said that they're going to have two holiday. They're going to have two parades. They basically said. Um, yeah, y'all can. We're not going to take your uh, the ministerial alliance. We're not going to take your uh, parade away, um, but uh, we're going to have our own parade. And uh, so, when there has always been cooperation between the city and the parade people, you know, you got to close down, uh, you got to close down uh, streets and block traffic and all kinds of things you have to do that requires cooperation. So, the um, yeah. The Christians said, uh, "We want, um, uh, we don't want uh, grown adult men uh, prancing around in women's uh, lingerie for the Christmas parade." And uh, the city of Taylor said, "Well, we'll just have our own parade then." So they're going to have their own parade. Uh, all of this has already happened. Um, they uh, it already happened. December third was it was called the Very Merry Holiday Parade. Well, isn't that nice? Um, the, uh, oh, oh, and by the way, the, uh, <laughs> that was the same day that the TAMA, the, um, the Christians were going to have their regular Christmas parade. And so the, uh, city didn't even recognize in their information, didn't recognize the fact, didn't even openly recognize that the other organization was going to uh, have a parade, and so they just said, if other organizations are scheduled to hold a parade on the same date, I mean, they already knew, but they said, if other organizations are already scheduled, the official city parade will uh, immediately follow. So they're going to let the Christians have their parade, and then they'll let the grown-ass men in women's lingerie dancing in front of children will follow uh the christian parade that was the uh plan (laughs) Uh, where do we even start where do we even start on this folks we're gonna take a short break and when we get back hopefully we'll have victor avila on the phone with us so y'all stay tuned texas politicians fear him he's matt long The Hill Country Patriot. All 
All right. Nothing like a little bit of Leonard Skinner, as uh, Joe Pag says, the greatest rock and roll band ever. That might be Michael Berry. I don't know. One of those guys. And, uh, you know, I kind of have to agree with him. I have on the line with me Mr. Victor Avila. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Victor. Good morning. How you doing? We are all having a good time here, crispy uh, morning out here in the hill country. Um, we want you on today. The question I sent uh, Brandon the other day, the real simple, was what in the bleep bleep is going on at the border? And I think even since I've talked to Brandon, uh, I think that was like two days ago, even things have even gotten worse since then. We hear stories of something happening in San Antonio um, either yesterday or overnight. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I'd be curious to uh, hear if you do. Um, but before we get into the details, tell us why in the world we should believe anything Victor Avila says about the border. What are your credentials? Well, I'm a retired uh, special agent with Homeland Security Investigations under ICE. I've worked the border uh, all my career for 20 years, and uh, not just on the on the uh, Texas side, but also on the Mexican side, and uh, in Europe as well. Uh, I'm a subject matter expert in human trafficking investigations. So this is this is my expertise. This is my bread and butter. This is what I do. Uh, I'm, I'm since retired in 2015. But my passion to secure the border and to bring awareness continues. I, you know, I almost paid the price. My partner did with the ultimate price mm -hmm. with his life when we were ambushed in 2011 by the Zeta cartel. And uh, I was left for dead after being shot three times. So this is personal for me. This is, this is something that we are losing uh, in our country. And I want to be helped to protect our sovereignty. So what what is the latest? I know over the weekend that there were a number of records set in El Paso. We're hearing, you know, we're hearing rumors about what's going to happen after uh, the Title 42 goes away. And to be honest with you, last night I got to thinking, you know, this is kind of starting to sound like the hype about the red wave that never came about quite is is this uh we're hearing about an invasion that's going to happen after 42 goes away is is this going to look like you know 5000 people crossing at once in a couple of places what do you have any prediction on that or what do you think it's going to look like realistically well the realistically is the invasion is already here it's been happening and the only the only maybe major difference is that the larger groups will be coming at at once just in the last couple of days, we've seen groups of over a thousand at one time. I was just at the border last week, and in uh, Eagle Pass, Texas, I, I saw a group of over 400 come in. So, what, what's happening with Title 42? I want to make clear here is that Title 42, even though it's going away on December 21st, it's not the biggest impact. Title 42 has not been enforced completely. Mm. Some individuals, some illegals, have been sent back under Title 42. But not all, and, and they haven't been repelled because of Title 42. Now, there's a confusion you could tell uh, on the rest of the world. They're confused. The illegals are confused as to what's going to happen with Title 42. That's why you see this surge right now. They're trying to come over because they don't know if Title 42 is good or bad for them right now, which is actually going to be better for them because we will have absolutely no enforcement whatsoever. There's none now. And if Title 42 was the last thing we were holding on to, that's going to be gone. And so it, it, it can't be more open than ever, this border. 
And let me tell you, the invasion is a real one. The declaration by our governor meant nothing. Uh, I was with the DPS and the National Guard observing, just like they were, to see hundreds of people come into this country illegally. So the one of the things that uh, I heard over the weekend on the El Paso story was that uh, Mexican police were escorting buses up to the NGOs, and, and my theory is that they're going to say, well, we released them at the NGOs. We couldn't help it if they rushed uh, to the border. But if the state of Mexico is now I- helping these people break our laws, is there does that change anything on the relationships between between the United States and Mexico? Is this some kind of legal something that if we had a president who cared uh, that we could do something about? That's absolutely a great question because it absolutely should change the relationship with Mexico. And thanks for bringing that up because I've been talking about that for a long time. Our relationship with Mexico has to change. Our approach with Mexico has to change. I think I heard Biden might be going down there, but he's not going to have a conversation that I would have with the president of Mexico, and that's to hold them accountable for their complicit activity in their country. Remember, other than the Mexicans, everybody else is illegally present in that country as well. And they they rant and rave about their sovereignty, mm-hmm. yet they're not doing anything about it. They're not securing their border. They're not holding their end of the deal. And as a matter of fact, are facilitating, like you said, with the buses, and they don't care. One is because the cartels have taken over, and they have the real control in that country. A second, the president of Mexico has turned his back on security in that country. And so it's a big, big problem because one thing is to control our security on one end. Another thing is to hold Mexico accountable to do their part. And they definitely have a role to play here. Hmm. You know, I was, um, you know, our governor, Governor Abbott, went down. He, uh, I believe this was right before the primaries when some of his challengers were suggesting that they would just, uh, they would just uh, pretty much stop traffic, not close the border. But go a couple of miles north of the border and just pull over every single truck and do the inspections that we legally have a right to do. Go all the way down to the tread depth on their all of their 18 wheels and every single thing. And we have a right to do that. That's part of, I think that's part of NAFTA, but a part of our treaty. And uh, so he tried it for about a day, maybe a day and a half. And then he went down and he sat down with the governors of all the border states and we were told he made some kind of deal with them. I have two questions about that. Number one, my assumption is that the governors of the border states are owned lock, stock, and barrel by the cartels. And the next question is, that negotiation didn't give us anything because nothing has changed. Where do you stand on those two ideas? Um, one, um, the so several things here. One, when they did the inspections on the truck, and I think it was actually for almost close to a week, okay. it disrupted, and it disrupted uh, a lot of things. And, and it, was, it wasn't a, a well-planned pro, uh, program. One, it actually disrupted the legal trade that we have and the billions of dollars that we have with Mexico. A lot of stuff that you might be wearing or furniture is coming through that border, and that wasn't thought out well enough, and that, that part was affected. Now, the good part is that it also disrupted the cartels. Cartels started uh, burning vehicles and tractor trailers on the other side because they couldn't get their drugs and their people across. 
But the, then, what you mentioned, this memorandum of understanding, he met with these four governors, which actually, you're absolutely right. When you meet with the governors and any politician in Mexico, you're meeting with the cartel. And if people don't know this, after those meetings and after these agreements, it actually got worse. Mm. The agreement was that they were going to stop the flow of illegal aliens coming through their states. Not Forget the federal government in Mexico. They were going to stop the flow of the, of the illegals coming through their states to our Texas border and help us. That did not happen. As a matter of fact, it, it actually increased. And as soon as those memorandums of understanding were signed, it got worse and the numbers just started going through the roof. So it is a sham. It is a hoax. There is no deal with Mexico. We must hold them accountable. I want somebody to go over there and really have a little chit-chat with them and say, the only other person that's done it is President Trump, mm. to say, listen, I'm going to designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Mm. I'm going to uh, start establishing some tariffs. I'm going to start doing some kind of embargoes here with Mexico. This is what we have to do to make them wake up and say, you will have to do something because when it's always the other way around and it affects Mexico in other ways, they, they, they throw their sovereignty in our face right away. But when it comes to this subject of illegal immigration, and it's not just the people, let me tell you, it's the drugs, it's the fentanyl, it's the methamphetamine. There was an incredible seizure uh, in Falfurias, the checkpoint there, of uh, over $100 million worth of methamphetamine mm. that's coming through this border. It's killing our people in our country. That's what the Mexico is, uh, is, uh, is doing to us. Man, it's um, I, I, it, I, it's beyond comprehension at this point. You know, I was uh, thinking last night, uh, looking at it from a military. Um, I do not have a military background, but I was kind of looking at it in the way I would think a military would look at it. You've got that front line, which would be the Rio Grande, and then we've got some people down there that are trying to stop them there. And if it's four or five hundred at a time, they seem to be able to round them up. And uh, yet when I've been down in the border area and we've seen walkers well within, you know, miles in uh, inland who made it past all those first and second layers. And then I see the second uh, line of defense as being uh, the sheriffs and, and those folks down there in the border counties. And it seems like a lot of this is getting stopped once it gets past that second line. Now, here in the hill country... And you're very familiar with the area around the hill country, and we're we're the third line, and it hasn't got here yet. We haven't had as bad as what they're seeing um, in Del Rio, or 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 um, uh, oh, I I just lost the name. Is this? Do you think? County. Yeah, any any of those counties along the border, um, and and so when if we get enough people coming across the border. We're going to start seeing people just walking through our land a uh, hundred miles north of the border. Do you see that? Uh, uh, if they're just overwhelmed, it's already happening. It was, it's already happening. It might not be coming a lot through the hill country because they're going to San Antonio. But let me tell you, uh, when you say in, uh, gathering, no one's being gathered. They're being processed and released into our country, and they're going to the airports. They're in the airport in San Antonio, McAllen. I've flown with all these legal aliens on these airplanes. They're being poured on our commercial flights without identification, something that you and I and most of these listeners cannot do. You cannot right. get on an airplane without an ID, but if you're an illegal alien, you can. And they're putting them on airplanes, they're putting them on buses, 
And all these people are not being apprehended. They're not being, they're counted as apprehensions. They're not. They're turning themselves in and they're being released. And right now, because of the numbers coming in at once, they're even putting them out even faster. The Biden administration does not want them to build up like they did in Del Rio last year, over 17,000 Asians under that bridge. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see that. So get them out, get them out. That means less vetting, absolutely no vetting, and get them out. And so they're getting uh, these notice to appears and go, go, go. But here's the other thing that a lot of people don't, don't think about is the smuggling. So you have these large groups of people that are turning themselves in. Well, guess what? You have almost an equal amount of people coming and being smuggled, yeah. undetected through tractor trailers, and you name it, the back of trucks, under the pickup trucks, you name it. And they're being smuggled. Why are they being smuggled if you could turn yourself in? Because they're criminals, because they have criminal histories, because they're cartel members, because they're gang members, because they're sex offenders. These are the people that are coming in. Now, let me tell you, are they in the Hill Country? Absolutely they're there. Uh, is the cartel existing in the Hill Country? Absolutely they're They're in Dallas. They're everywhere in Texas and in the country. I, I'm in Florida right now. They're in Florida. They're everywhere in our country bringing these people in. Uh, a lot of this human smuggling turns into human trafficking. The child trafficking is out of control. I'm telling you, it is a, a, an impact that a lot of communities are starting to see all throughout the nation at the schools and the healthcare system and obviously the criminal justice systems with the impact of people because somehow they have to be absorbed into the community. They, they have to go somewhere and they will be amongst us. And I'll give you a quick story. I interviewed a Nicaraguan national, illegal from Nicaragua in Del Rio last week, and he owes the cartel $8,500 that they charged him to bring him over. And he owes them that money. He will have to pay $1,000 a month and if he doesn't pay on time, he has a $300 penalty, which is a 30% tax. And if he doesn't end up paying them, they will take his parents' house and kill them. That's what they told him. That's what he told me. These are now uh, human trafficking indentured servitude type of situations where these cartels own these individuals. And guess what his individual is going to do? What is this illegal going to do? He will get those $1,000 one way or another. He doesn't oh, want yeah. to have his parents killed. And so he'll either uh, resort to burglaries, uh, robberies, and maybe sell drugs to get that money. Mm, this is all just beyond comprehension that this is almost not being paid attention to at all. Uh, before we go, and we're about out of time, but um, a mutual acquaintance of ours, George Rodriguez, um, does a lot of reporting or has done several stories right from a processing a center it may be run by ngos in downtown san antonio and i was hearing rumors last night and again this morning that there was something going on riots or unrest or something in san antonio do you do you know anything about that in the last 24 hours what's been going on in san antonio first of all i love george and everything that he does i'm not very familiar with what's going on but if i can take a guess here a professional guess is that you have these individuals, and it's happened before at these detention facilities and NGO facilities, you have a lot of individuals, different gang members, rivals, and you mix them in there. Sometimes they put adults with children. They don't really know what they're doing, and you, that causes problems. That causes riots. That causes uh, fights. That causes a lot of things. Just like you would think of a, any facility, like a jail, you would have to be designated a certain way. You can't put of blood with a crypt. And right. so that's the, they, they just put them all together, and you're going to have issues like this. And, and I'll look at more into it.
All right, uh, one more one more question, Victor. Um, where uh, I, I, I start to go online or flip on the cable or something, and I start trying to find like firsthand uh, fresh information from the border, and it is so limited. Are there some areas that you go to in the media that you know the the uh, information is uh, up to date, true and correct? Is there any? Uh, websites or any any place you recommend that we go to really stay on top of what's happening at the border well one of them is the, the america project the america project.com is one that i'm working i'm actually going to meet with them later today uh we're going to be updating a lot of that uh website um uh, others that i do is I, I do a lot of uh you know i do the i do a lot of, i'll do a news hit on newsmax later today but it's very limited, and um, I follow uh, some some good people. Uh, Anthony Aguero from El Paso. I follow uh, Oscar Blue from uh, uh, Mexico that are reporting. Um, um, I forget the the name of America's uh, newsroom. I forget the, the name of the the, A-O- the maybe AON. I don't know. Uh, OAN is a good one as well. I I, I do uh, some hits on there as well. Um, and so, yeah, unfortunately, we that's the problem. I'm still trying to get the word out. I, I came to do a speaking engagement in Florida, and you'd be surprised. They, they're they supposed to be engaged, and they kind of know a little bit, but as soon as I tell them exactly what's going on, their mouth is dropped to the floor because they really don't know and understand what's going on because this administration and the mainstream media have, have covered it up. They won't visit down there. They You know they don't want to because they won't be able to defend what's going on. It's their doing. This is what they want. They're, they're, they're fundamentally changing our country on purpose. It's deliberate. And we have to be able to get through these sources, get the information, get well-informed, and hold your elected officials accountable. All right, Victor, we are completely out of time. Um, we're all jealous here hearing that you're in Florida. And uh, I did see the flyer for the event you're there. There is some kind of border security event going on there. I got a flyer a couple of days ago, and uh, it looked really good. But, uh, yeah, we're all jealous, and um, and so, yeah, have fun while you're in Florida, but come on back to Texas. And, by the way, please keep doing what you're doing. It is, is so important, and, uh, of course, the Hill Country Patriot is always available to you if you need to get the word out in the Hill Country. But thank you again, Victor, for standing and fighting. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, there you go, folks. Um, we are um, Victor Avila from, um, well, you heard his credentials. This guy has uh, worked all sides of this whole situation. Um, and uh, I he's one of these people I see on the national, uh, I see him on Fox every now and then and on national news things, and I'm thinking, you know, I know Victor. We've we've met a bunch of times. You know, he ran for office down in this area, and um, and we've had him at the Fredericksburg Tea Party. We've had him at several events, and uh, so it's uh, just kind of fun for me to be able to reach out to someone who is already nationally recognized. Folks, um, we're going to take a short break, and uh, when we get back, we'll lighten up a little bit and uh, go into day 14 of the Advent. Y'all stay tuned. He owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. The Hill Country Patriot.
All right, we are back. And uh, during the commercial break, I just went to the uh, website that um, Victor Avila um, told us about, uh, where he is uh, working with some folks. It's called the America Project. Dot com. It says it is run by a fearless, battle-tested team of entrepreneurs, uh, special operations veterans, technical experts, professionals with expertise in law, policy, finance, software development, analytics, cybersecurity, organizational psychology, communications, and digital marketing, where our primary goal is to unite coalitions across the country. Man, it seems like they got everybody in there except baristas. So um, it's uh, put together. It says uh, Dr. Patrick Byrne is uh, the uh, um, uh, kind of the founder of it. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's the Overstock.com guy. I've heard some interviews with him. He's kind of an interesting character. And then by a fellow named Joseph, uh, Joseph Flynn, who is not General Flynn, but he actually, uh, that's his brother is General Flynn and uh he is um he is a healthcare IT entrepreneur and he is uh working with Patrick Byrne and then I was started looking at their events that they have listed and uh they have a whole lot of the Reawaken America tour events listed so that is uh let's see what do they have over on the videos um uh, videos uh, there you go um, oh, it's that it's that cute little boy, uh, Jet Johnson, uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. So it kind of looks like this uh, project is uh, just kind of just now getting up and running. And as I quickly scan the room, there we go. See, I broke all the rules. I walked away from the microphone. I'm looking for my Advent book, and here it is right next to me. We are on day 14 of the Advent and uh, yesterday we were talking about the N, and uh, today is uh, day 14 is no vacancy. It says, have you ever stopped at a motel to get a last-minute room only to discover they had forgotten to turn on the no vacancy sign when they rented out their last room? Frustrating, wasn't it? Well, why? Today we expect the courtesy of a lighted sign on the outside of a building so that we not only don't have to get out of our car, but so that we don't even have to slow down at the motel. But that wasn't the case at the advent. Joseph entered the poorly lit rock room full of hopes. Never crossed his mind that so many others would be visiting Bethlehem for the, fir- for the very same reason that they were, the Roman census. All of his hopes to at least provide a decent room for Mary were shattered with uh, these three room with these three words. Sorry, no room. How in the world could anyone turn down the opportunity to host the birth of the greatest person who ever lived, the only begotten Son of God? But at that time, the inn owner didn't know that, did he? He simply said what he had to say: no room. Have you ever said those words to God? Have you ever told him that you didn't have any room for him in your life? Have you ever evicted God's spirit for a day or even an hour just so that once again you could be in charge of your life? Kind of silly that anyone would think they could do a better job as CEO of their life than God himself, isn't it? Maybe you need God's help to resist the temptation to 
to ever steal that role again. Think about that. Prayer that goes along with this that my friend Mike Sublett wrote. This is in a book called Celebration and Repentance by Mike Sublett, S-U-B-L-E-T-T. The prayer he has going along with it is, Loving Father, I can hardly believe it, but there have been times when I didn't allow you inside me. Times when... Times when it was like I posted a no trespassing sign. I don't ever want that to happen again. But since I don't trust me and my own strength to keep on track, I'm begging you to help me. Only by your might will I stay surrendered and keep your room ready each day. Please make my heart your living quarters. Amen. Thank you, Mike, for that. Uh, That is uh, day 14. Uh, no vacancy, and I just love his take on every one of these. He he kind of always goes in a little bit different direction than I expect, and uh, that's what I appreciate about my friend uh, Preacher Mike Sublet up in Pampa. Folks, um, we have um, have a rest of the day. It's going to be looking great here on the Hill Country Patriot. You got Lorraine coming in, and then... All of our regular programming that uh, everybody enjoys so much on the Hill Country that keeps you tuned in. We'll see y'all uh, manana.